what it is. Welcome to My Two Real Life. This is Mike Sleater, and today we have a special guest. That is the one, the only Matt Wanger, the founder of the largest weeknight mountain bike race series in the world. It takes place in Irvine, California. And uh, yeah, we're not racing right now. So that's the whole premise of this podcast. It sucks. This COVID, COVID nonsense is social distance us to the absolute max. There isn't any racing going on. And we're going to talk to Matt what he's been doing and how he's trying to survive during this pandemic. Um, it's taken a huge toll on his business, his family, his sponsors. Uh, the Pinnacle Nutrition Group, the company I'm part of, it's affected us with Matt because we are a sponsor of the series. So every Wednesday night, we're going to have an over-the-hump podcast with Matt. Um, we're excited. We're going to talk about, you know, the inf- this in this podcast, we'll talk about the infancy of the over-the-hump, how it started, how it became the biggest weeknight mountain bike race series in the world. So yeah, it's going to be cool. But before we do that, I'd like to thank my sponsors uh, for the My Two Alive podcast. Of course, the company I'm a part of, the Pinnacle Nutrition Group. Uh, we are uh, came up with some great products, the Refuel Gel Hydration, something we're very proud of. A lot of the top racers at, in the country are using it. Intense Cycles, I choose my Intense Cycles Sniper when I'm racing over the hump. It's their all-new cross-country weapon, great bike, check it out. 100%, keeping my vision clean on those race days and training rides. Something I'm very proud to be a part of the 100% team. Maxxis Tires, Moto, Mountain Bike, Truck. Maxxis is always on my wheels. Can't thank them enough as well. Maxima Racing Oils, Moto, Truck, Bike. Once again, you see there's a common occurrence here. I'm really uh, proud to be a part of companies that get me through life, my two-wheel life, bike, moto, vehicle. So thank you, Maxima. Enough of the sponsor reels. Let's roll into Matt's podcast. It's a good listen, and this will be happening every Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy. Matt, Matt, you there? Do I got you? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, man, this, this is exciting. Uh, we got Matt Wager from the OTH series on the line. Uh we're we're excited about this. This has been one uh, I've been wanting to nail down, and Matt's been very instrumental in pushing me over the edge to get this podcast going. So, Matt, what are you up to today? What's going down? Uh, Mike, it's so good to be with you. I'm excited to uh, be kicking this thing off. And man, it's a rainy day here in Bozeman, Montana, and we're just kind of rocking, uh, getting some time on the on the mics here, testing things out, making sure we get the first the first run super pumped about uh, what you have going with my two wheel life and, and the pinnacle podcast. Yeah, no, the, you know, the pinnacle nutrition group is, is the, is the power behind this podcast. And, um, we're really excited. Me and Chad Tempo, um, been, you know, been working tediously at making sure we have the sounding right and it's only going to get better, right? This, this podcast should be the worst it is for, you know, the, the over the hump, uh, pinnacle podcast. So, yeah, I mean, w- this is this is crazy times, Matt. Um, let's kind of uh, let's go start from the beginning, right? Let's start about start, talk about how the OTH was founded, how it got going, and let's not touch on this COVID nonsense too much until it's time. Let's talk about some positives and some good things that 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 that, that, that we can talk about. So let's give a give me some info on you know what came to be the largest weekday mountain bike race in our country. 
Man, we'd even go for the world. I think we should try it, but uh, I'm, I'm kidding. Of course, we've got uh, 2009 was when we got started, and a friend of mine, John Russell, called me and said, hey, let's get together and, and uh, do this midweek thing. It's working for a couple other people in Utah and uh, Sacramento, and why don't we start racing? So um, we had about eight weeks and locked and loaded flyers and no sponsors and uh, decided that they're probably for the general population, just the mom and pop guy that, uh, and, and gal that they didn't know where racing was, didn't know it was accessible and, uh, they got a chance to, to race it over the hump. So we started on uh, August 27, 2009, actually on a Wednesday, a little known fact. And, uh, you'd think with over the hump, that's where everybody would start, but we did start on a Wednesday and, uh, raced with 325 people, uh, and then uh, mid-race, a guy rolled directly up the course uh, in his F-150 with his kid oh going to God. baseball practice and said, dude, I'm going to be back. Gonna, I'm, and I'm like, man, we told you you can't leave right now. We're in the middle of a race. He, he drove up the middle opposite traffic of the race course. And I said, you can't leave. You can't. Like, we, we're, we're racing. You can't come back. He goes, man, I'm coming back. So he left. We called security. As soon as I was done, I had our landlord walk up to us and go, hey, I know you got another race scheduled two weeks. Uh, you're racing on a Tuesday if you ever want to race here again. Um, that's happened to be the night they were closed. And so we got, we had kind of like we had a crisis management from day one. But uh, we, we had a blast racing. And the next week we had two weeks later, we had uh, 375 people. And uh, in 2010, we had Verizon as a uh, presenting sponsor and a whole bunch of people ready to have a good time. So it was a, it was quite a kickoff. And um, man, if I have one more thing like that happen in my life, I will have felt like I got struck by lightning twice. Well, that is crazy, right? Like to have an F-150 going head on with guys going 12 to 20 miles an hour, depending on where the course is going. But wh- <laughs> yeah. where did this conception of OTH come from? Were you a racer? Were you a promoter? I don't think either one of those particularly. So how did you, 362 riders or whatever that number was, is a rather large number for your inaugural event if you weren't a, have if you didn't have a huge following and or a former promoter. Yeah, I mean, truth be told, we, uh, John and I actually went up to uh, Big Bear and watched the US, U.S. Cup one weekend about four weeks before we got started, make sure we were locked and loaded on how they were operating race starts and timing and all that. Our first race, we timed on an Excel spreadsheet, um, and, and it was a couple days before we actually had times all dialed. So, yeah, we were a goofball uh arrangement and uh, my background I, I started uh, in youth ministry back in uh, 92 and I was a youth pastor for eight years and then um, operated a, a bus and church tours snow tours business for uh, for a few more years and then uh, that started in 2001 and so my, my background was events and and um, live communication but it really wasn't bikes I just I, I fell in love with bikes, actually. Um, again, you know, more backstory, but uh, 2007 was when I fell in love with bikes, and I was recovering from a 2004 motorcycle accident where I slid my FZ1 Yamaha underneath uh, an oncoming F-150 pickup truck, Ford pickup truck, right there by uh, the rock shop on Mulholland, um, and uh, had a catastrophic 
life-changing injury that uh, I tried to rehab uh, on a bike and fell in love with bikes. And so that's kind of how I even fell in love with bikes. But yes, no, no racing, no, no background worth uh, talking about in the bike industry for sure. It's just the, the love of two wheels, right? Like that, that love of two wheels gave you freedom kind of on that rehabilitation process. Yeah, I mean, I was trying to get back to skiing. Um, I had uh, I'd been a, tour, a ski tour operator. I grew up in San Clemente, California, and um, so with the the passion for ski and and running ski tours, that was kind of why I got on the bike to begin with. And then I realized I could roll my bike and be on the trails in the San Clemente within a quarter mile and uh, have an hour hour and a half sweat and feel like an athlete again. And so two wheels really kind of gave me my life back. Um, and that's where the passion grew. And, uh, and that's why John called me. It wasn't because I was an amazing promoter. Um, it wasn't for any other reason than we, we were good college buddies and, uh, we both rode bikes together and he had a great idea and I had a passion and learned a ton about it. My first bike race was actually a vision quest. Um, this first bike race I ever raced was vision quest 56 miles and, uh, and about 11,000 feet of climbing, um, so, you know, I, I have very little race experience and certainly not fast twitch, short course stuff, but it is a blast and it's really fun to be able to get people out racing. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I don't remember the exact year, if it was 09, the inaugural year that I was able to join um, the, the, the series, but I can say that I was hooked from the get go. Steve Quate from Cannondale at the time got me. On, the, on his team comp list, and I was one of those moto guys that just couldn't get enough of that, you know, Wednesday night just suffer fest, right? You guys at the time went down <laughs> down that down that gravelly road. It was kind of sketchy because it was head on and up that gravel hill and came down. It was pretty tight, and then it went back into the, the bamboo area. It had some sinkholes, and it was pretty awesome. I mean – it was it was a real um, had that little grass paddock and it the same one thing I can say is in 2019, ten years later, although it was double or triple the size, it had the same vibe. So kudos to your team for really bringing the same culture and the same vibe. Although some people might have recycled through not coming and new riders and whatnot, I. I would be willing to bet your your returning audience is damn near ninety eight percent. Is is that the case? I'd love to. I'd love to have. I'd love to have those kind of numbers. I think that I, I do think there's a there is a large returning audience, and we we typically get about thirty percent new racers every year. And I think you know things just change, life circumstances, and and uh, you know kids go away to college, and and so we've seen. I mean, you are going to have. Uh, have Blake Ray on, on the podcast, we've we've had uh, Turner Conway roll through um, and, and got his race start there. Guys like Sean Bell uh, and, and legends for sure. You know uh, Johnny O'Mara, Brian Lopes, Jeff, yeah, Jeff Ward, Brian Lopes. I mean, there's there's just like legend after legend that uh, and BMX guys. You know, guys who raced back with uh, Lopes in the day at at. Uh, the orange Y with uh, Steve Blick and, and their whole crew. Uh, I mean, we've, we've seen the biggest turnout of people who have seen all kinds of racing. I think to your point, the biggest part about over the hump. And I tell people this 
as regularly as I can evangelize our mission is to to realize that it's a party that happens to be a bike race. I mean, we are a community first. And uh, Mike, I mean, you've told you've heard me, and, and we kind of joke from time to time. Like, I, I get people at the start line, and we start kind of bantering and and, and making fun of the most cocked and ready kids um, for the sake of uh, making sure everybody's kind of dressed down and ready to go play instead of come out for uh, a pissing match. And for me, that's the best part is we 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 literally tell people at the start line like, hey, look, if you're here for the leader jersey, here it is. We'll send one home with you. Go get in your car or, or grab a beer and enjoy yourself and, and don't get tied up in this thing because, you know, end of the day, like we're there to have fun. It's a Tuesday night race for God's sake. It's six o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday. It's softball co-ed, but cool. I mean, we're, we're talking like there's some cool things that happen and it's grassroots to the nines. Um, it's racing for everybody. And, and it'd be interesting to see this year, um, you know, with the boom in the bike industry during this little segment of time that we don't speak of, um, I think we're going to see all kinds of new people out on bikes that have never been to a bike race or never raced a bike before. And that'll be a fun new thing for us as well. Yeah. I mean, gosh, you know, um, that C word, we're we're not going to bring it up, but that's why we're talking, you know, and, and not racing and not recovering from your weeks, your weekly race. Um, the, you know, I'm coming from the moto industry as a, as a moto guy that is an absolute enthusiast of bicycles. Um, and the moto industry really rallies behind what you do because a lot of the guys have to travel on the weekends, right? They leave on Friday night to go to the race. So it's not too often a family can share in a, in a uh, physical activity or a race because dad or mom is gone traveling for the motocross circuit, right? And this is this little bubble of, you know, Southern California that has Yamaha, Honda, every player's here. So you have guys like, you know, you have team managers like Will Hahn now, and you have, you know, uh, Perry was out there from Yamaha, uh, factory Yamaha. Um, you know, just the Gareth Swanepoel, a, head, a lead trainer. I mean, I, like the whole Star Racing Yamaha team was out there last year. Josh Strang, GNCC champ, when he won the series, he was racing your weeknight, weeknight races. And I think there's a common, you know, the bike industry and motor industry, they have a very, like it's almost like pre-mix and gas, right? They just mix very well. Um, but to your point, I remember that, that moto, moto industry vibe is very, um, is very, intense very heavy very driven to be like just aggressive and you just knock that Mm -hmm. off right off you knock that chip off everyone's shoulder right away you know um i think you know a fun little story i believe um victor sheldon got reprimanded by you at one of the first open rounds he like knocked someone off the trail or did something and victor's like a bit of mentor of mine for years and an all all around badass but it's kind of full circle. Now he's that promoter in Southern, you know, San Diego County trying to emulate that hard, don't mess around attitude because after what you've done. But am, am I wrong? Did Victor uh, early on have that, you know, I want to win a trophy attitude, I think, at the, over the hump? Well, I think, you know, I, I, I can neither confirm nor deny them. Like, but I think, uh, <laughs> I think you know, the, the thing I love about Victor and guys like Victor is they come out and they, they, Drink the Kool-Aid. Um, you know, we had, you know, back when the Baghouse guys were, were a big race team. Um, I don't know if you remember them, but they were racing for the, the factory kind of sponsored specialized team. Yep. And they had some really diehard, fast, crazy monster athletes. 
Um, but nobody cut, nobody, they, we had, nobody saw what we had coming. They kind of had to experience it first, maybe get barked down or, or have friends. Like one of the guys that's famous for this and you've ridden with him a lot is uh, Brandon Gritters. Yep. I mean, if you get, if you get up front in the, in the elite pool with, with the group of guys like uh, Brent Franzi and Gritters, um, the thing that's unique about that is that these guys will get out there and race and push hard. And as soon as they see somebody that's, that's going a bit sideways and having an attitude thing, that's, that's yelling at young girls cause they're in the way. I mean, we have a unique challenge. We race 600 people on a four and a half to five mile course in the course of an hour, every Tuesday night. I mean, every level from juniors, 13 years old, all the way through, uh, you know, women, teens, kids like beginner racers never been on a course before so yeah it's a crazy dynamic um you know we've seen we've seen guys like uh rasan bahati who who's just a rock star roadie um and peter, peter sagon racing over the hump <laughs> peter sagon has raced it over the hump yes <laughs> um I was these guys there. have raced and, and they're crazy they're yeah. super fast but the 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 thing that's been really fun is to watch these guys kind of line up and come for the prizes, but come for the fun. Um, and, and, you know, not everybody's getting every weekend, but they're, but they're coming out. So like, again, going back to Victor, I think the thing that Victor brings with him as a, as a world-class competitor uh, when he was originally on, um, on the, uh, you're going to have to help me here. I'm, I'm, I've got this picture of jet skis. So he, he was a world-class jet ski racer. He comes out, he, everything he does, he excels at. And he's bar none, amazing athlete. And I think it is hard for those guys sometimes to take it back, but he is promoting fun, active bike with uh, what they're doing at Quick and Dirty in a way that, man, I, it does really mirror what our heart and passion is. Victor and I are good friends, and, um, and I love that people are racing down in San Diego too. And, and he is still paying entries, I hope, to race your race, right? I see him at the starting line. Let's hope that that guy's, you know, doing paying his tithes and, and supporting it. But I, I know he's – I know he loves your events, and and uh, it, it's just cool to see legends of just act, active living like himself to, to still, you know, be behind what you're doing. And that's a testament to what you and your crew do. And let's kind of go into that. It's not just you, right? That's the first and foremost. We know there's a – there's a band of volunteers and sponsors that have kind of propelled you and your race series, um, your families, um, ours. Because I think you make it feel as we're part of it. For, furthermore, who is who is who's the the key components to making this happen year in year out? You know, we've got we've got an amazing group of uh, of people. I mean, we we run twenty five volunteers every Tuesday night just to make the race happen. Um, Suzanne Martin is our race manager. She just rocks it. She has all things organizational, um, all the way down to our presenting sponsor. Um, you know, Mazda is unreal. Uh, we've got, we've got five other, uh, gold sponsors with Kawasaki specialized Cannondale Fox monster hydro giant, um, simple green. I mean, we, we just, we've been so blessed, dude. The thing that's really unique, uh, Mike, that that I think a lot of people don't understand about um, these events is there's a lot of competition within even the sponsorship. 
you know, they're, they're, when I got involved in this industry, it was, and, and you know it from, well, from I, Moto. Well, I, I, and I know it from a small business trying to be involved with you, right? It's a business. It's the friendship line does end at some level. And, you know, me and you been good acquaintances and now becoming good friends through business, thankfully. Um, when the, when Pin, the Pinnacle Nutrition Group wanted to be a part of the first mountain bike series that we want to do, you were the first one I called. And you're like, ah, uh, this is what it costs. And I'm like, that makes sense, right? It's a business, right? Well, it is a business, but I think, you know, we, we've said no to a lot of businesses. In fact, like what what I look at with with some bike races around the country is that they're sponsored by a bike shop. They're sponsored by one particular small uh, nepotist group. What, where we have seen guys like Rock and Road and Fullerton and Bicycles give hugs uh, at the end of the race and, and be stoked to be together and race against each other. And so there's certainly a camaraderie and there's also competitiveness. So I think that's kind of what makes it hot, right? I mean, all the thing about the guys you've raced against or ridden motorcycles with over the years, like not all your buddies necessarily ride the same color you do, but they certainly have like minds and passions. And so that's where I think this thing has become so radical because it's like the, it's the, Super Bowl party, but everybody gets to play, and we have people sitting around. We've got all these bike shops. We probably have forty-five to fifty exhibitors every Tuesday night. I mean, it looks like a weekend bike festival every Tuesday night, and it's crazy to me because we put up six of those ten by tens as an organization with with our trail guys um, that go out. We've got some high school and, and young college kids that set up our our race course. Aside from that, like. Everything else that comes into the venue is done by people like PNG, um, Monster Energy. I mean, like the booths go up. It feels like a village. It's a full-on circus. And then that starts around 3 o'clock. We're running by 4. We end at 8, and everybody's gone by 9. I mean, it's a crazy uh, quick tilt party. Yeah, it, it is. I can tell you that. As a, This last year was my first event as a – um, company. I've always been just a competitor. Um, and it is wild how fast the night goes. I can't imagine for your team. It is, you get in there, like you said, two thirty, three o'clock, you're rushing to get your, your, your easy up or quick shade up. You get your table. I'm mixing bottles and, and five gallon jugs and gels. And before I know it, I'm trying to race myself and then I'm dirty. And that's becomes the best part is the aftermath of the story. Right. And I think that's everyone loves the story after the race. And, you know, I had my first event I went to for P and G. I went, you know, suited and booted, you know, collared shirt and literature and POS machine and ready to do work. And I realized that the community didn't really engage with me because I wasn't one of them. Right. I didn't mm. I didn't feel they looked at me as just a person handing out business cards. But when I got done after the next race, I'm like, I'm racing because you don't have a lot of per se fans. Everyone there's a everyone there per se is riding or racing during the event. So once that gun goes off and everyone's racing, there's really no one in the paddock. They're all they're, they're well, I think I think that's I, I totally agree with you. But I do think that that the the interesting idea about this is they bring their fans with them they're out there on the course watching the race yes Uh, yes i i do apologize yes or they're cheering them on handing them handing them bottles but they're not engaging with the suited and booted png guy they're 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 
contributing to the experience of their family member and or friend, right? Right, absolutely. And I think that's what's pretty special. I mean, how many events have you ever been to where you go to work and then you end up riding with the guys that you're working with and then go back to your booth and, and get to the place where you're at your 10 by 10 working again, but, but didn't miss a beat because you got to be a part of the festivities. I mean, there's not many events that the, the sponsors and the lead organizers get to actually race. I mean, I I've actually raced three of these races myself. I, I can't say it's been any time recently, Mike, but I, yeah, I've been on a I'm bike and, and pedaled in circles. No, that, 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 like I said, as soon as I got back on my bicycle and got in that lineup in the you know old guy class and said, I'm ready to suffer, um, I felt the camaraderie on the P&G tent, went, the morale went straight up. I was done. I was dirty. People coming by, they're, oh, oh, he's one of us. He actually does this. And I think I encourage any, any of these sponsors that um, participate in OTHs, if it's the best thing for your business to engage and have someone representing your company company during the race, um, I think it really brings um, credibility and validity to your company. Um, and if you're a company listening that want to be imp- involved, it's a no-brainer. You need to get in touch um, and support OTH. So, Matt, on that note, the sponsor note, we're going to take a quick break and uh, get some plugs from the My Two Live sponsors. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bruce Fabrizio, inventor of Simple Green. Like you, I'm a big sports enthusiast, and I want my gear to shine like new. That's why it's clean with Simple Green, the concentrated cleaner that's perfect for making your auto, RV, cycling, boating, and other sporting equipment look like new again. Try it today. If you're not 100% satisfied, I'll give you your money back. Visit us at simplegreen.com. Simple Green, Simple Green. The original and unrivaled new bike in a can, SC1 truly restores that factory shine and lives up to the claim. SC1 high gloss coating is specifically formulated to protect and beautify multiple surfaces including plastic, vinyl, rubber, and carbon fiber. Water resistant formulation is safe for use on gloss or matte finishes and makes the cleanup process easier by forming a durable coating that repels mud, dirt, and debris can be applied and left untouched or allowed to set up and be buffed to a dry sheen, leaving a long-lasting luster. Ride, clean, and SC1 your ride to keep it working and looking its best. If only you held the keys to ultimate clarity. Vision unrestricted. Performance unhampered. Unparalleled technology. Developed beyond perfection ahead of the pack, giving it 100%. Introducing the Armega, bringing Ultra HD to motocross. We're back uh, talking OTH, mountain bike racing with, with Matt Wanger here. And uh, Matt, it's uh, let's kind of touch on, I know that C word we didn't want to talk early, but let's touch into this. The reason for this call is both of us are involved in businesses that uh, involve activation and talking and being with people um and we collectively uh, a few months ago decided that we got to make a change and we got to adjust our 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 platforms and here we are you know you encouraged me to take this by the reins and 
we're out here talking about bikes and talking about races and talking about the past, but let's move forward. And in this situation, we, we don't know what exactly to come, but give all of our listeners and your team and your listeners and your followers through OTH and your racers. What do you see happening? Um, and what, where are we today with OTH? You know, I think, I think over the hump we'll, we'll be racing this summer. Um, I may be the perpetual optimist and I've had people tell me I'm crazy, but um, despite what uh, dictator Newsom may, may end up throwing at us next, I think that the reality is, sorry, that was one political plug had to throw it. I, I just feel like if there's not some kind of viral issues somewhere along the line, you know, I listeners can, will just you're tune good. Out. You're good. My man, you are good. <laughs> this is sharing. This is my two life. So we're, we're all good. <laughs> so here's, here's what, uh, I know for sure. I like we're actually hearing Mike this week. Uh, I was told that uh, Irvine Lake is going to get back to fishing this weekend, which is phenomenal because uh, Orange County Parks is actually the landlord and operator there, um, and that's on the land and, and property nearby where we race. So uh, the chances of us actually getting back to racing in in July, I think, are very high. I think that the biggest challenges during this have just been staying connected. We had to postpone and we're supposed to be racing on May 5th. Uh, then May 12th came and went next week is May 19th. We originally pushed back a couple of weeks and had to postpone that. So I think the hard reality for us is that, look, we, we, we want to race and we want to live and, and people are struggling to find that connection point and to be able to ride together is, is kind of what we do as a tribe. I think, you know, we get out, we ride, we, we have a burger, maybe a beer afterwards. We tell stories. We talk about when I uh, cased and, and got way too far over the bars okay. and to tell the stories. I mean, those are the things that, that drive that conversation that, that is over the hump, that is two wheels all the way around. So, um, yeah, we've had to defer, um, you know, people have been super awesome. Obviously, we can't control when we get to race. Uh, but when we do get to race, we set up to race uh, July 21st, which was typically we take a six-week break before we get back to the second half of the season. And so with that, we, uh, we're we going to race on July 21st as our second half as a plan. And then if we can fit in a few more races, and we have until – I think the 13th of September where we have enough light during the evening that we could add another three races onto the backside of that six and come up with a nine race series for the summer. We're having to morph a bit and, yeah. and get creative and that that's what we're doing. I, I, I love to hear, you know, the, the positive, right. Um, I was today out at, at a Paula raceway. Um, they're open for business, um, six feet apart and mass, um, unbelievably crowded in a positive way. And, you know, the motocross industry is a little more cowboy than the bike industry. We can all agree upon that, you know, but the, what I'm seeing is the urgency to be with people, right? I'm seeing, absolutely. I'm seeing the urgency to have camaraderie. There was not a race today. It was just, let's go outside, right? My wife and I went out to the beach yesterday for the first time in this whole thing just to give our kids, my nine and seven year olds, some sense of what normal is, right? Some sense of the beach. We went to Salt Creek um, over in Dana Point and enjoyed a day, although it was stressful because I have so much going on, but it was also a breath of fresh air to see my kids doing something that brings normality to their life. And 
I think that is what's going to happen when I see so, the whole Nike series got canceled for the youth. And this will bring some type of, you know, consistency and uh, sense of purpose, I think, for a lot of people having the, um, the OTH series back in business. Well, I think, you know, Mike, I think the thing that's interesting, because I've defined my summer for the last 11 summers with what we do getting ready for the race. And so we've been having a, a Tuesday night call instead of a race uh, for the over the hump happiest hour, we call it. And so it's the post race, we provide a ride and then and then we get together afterwards. And so they have three or four days with, with my friend and your friend, John Westling, providing a workout. You can go get the grind on, do whatever kind of workout to kind of get your race ready uh, in your preparation. As we're all thinking, yes, we will be racing at some point. And then we get together and uh, we're having some great guests on. We've had, uh, we'll have Heather uh, Munivi this week from Liv and Kenda that's going to come. And so we're just, we're getting people interacting, people hanging out and they are hungry. People are, and, and I'm hungry. Like I want to hang out. I want to, you know, it's going to be hard. I'm going to have to wear like a full hazmat bodysuit because I'm going to want to hug a thon when we get back to over the hump. It's going to be, it's going to be tough to not be together together the way that we are. And uh, so we're looking forward to it. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be exciting. Um, you know, I think we all are uh, really managing our our emotions right now the best we can. Um, I can't say like you say the hugathon. When I went to the track today and got some riding in. People are almost going back to normal. I mean, it's it's. I'm not personally, and this is some, a little bit of political. I'm not personally worried about getting sick. Okay, I'm not. If I get sick, I get sick. I'm choosing to be outside. But there's guys completely shaking my hand. At first, I was like, oh, fist bump, elbow bump. What do I do? You know what? I want to be who I am. And that's my choice. So if someone reaches their hand out to shake my hand, I'm gonna shake their hand. That's that's my choice. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And you as a promoter have to be sensitive to that, I understand. But from a personal standpoint, I um, am trying to do my best to live my life and and work as hard as I can and stay focused on providing for my family and being healthy. So I think everyone on that is on that same page. So I think the, the following and, and racers and riders and families at OTH – will really um, thrive and do anything that's needed to to get back to some type of um, wellness and healthy activity. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Mike. I think, uh, you know, the hazmat suit being an entertaining uh, visual for me. Yeah. But like, I, I think I think end of the day, we're, we're just looking to connect. I think you're going to have a hard time getting people together without the uh, stated realization that, we're hungry for this. You, you get a bunch of people at the start line in, in a race. Uh, they're they're going to false start. They're going to go crazy. They're going to do things that they wouldn't typically do because they're nervous. They're excited. They're, they're passionate about what they're doing. I think that's what's going to happen here uh, with all live events. As soon as we can get back to uh, 5Ks, 10Ks, um, motorcycle races, bike races, triathlons. I mean, they're all tribal association groups of people and we're just waiting like every day is like a new wait and and how many times can you tell your kid you're going to disneyland soon without actually having some kind of a plan and so i think that's where uh we're we're looking for a plan as a as a nation as a people we're looking for a plan uh as passionate enthusiasts and so you know podcasts and 
and Zoom meetings and all those things only they hold a certain place and they're great for a certain time. But we want to be together for sure. Yep. And and at the moment, guys, t- we can't be together like we want to. So tune into those Zoom calls, those Facebook lives. You know, tune into this podcast. Matt's very insightful. His his journey is extremely insightful and 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 motivating. Um, my journey is a bit different, but much the same. So I I feel that if you we're gonna do, let's do this. Let's try to do this every Wednesday, Matt. Let's get this podcast up every Wednesday, and let's get this over the hump rocking. Um, I think that's a good goal for both of us. I think we'll do our damnedest to make it happen. Um, we, and, and if anyone has any insights of what we should do, email Matt or email me at mike at pngemail dot com. Text me, DM me. I, I, we don't care. We wanna we wanna provide some type of normalcy, right, Matt? Absolutely. Yeah, you can. Uh, Mike's the smarter one of the two of us, but we certainly can get mad at raceoth.com too. And, uh, yep. you know, certainly, Mike, I think that the really cool thing that you've got going here with My Two Wheels Life and, and Two Wheel Life, and I think, you know, you've got your blog and, and your podcast now and, and really a fun way to engage and share your passions. But one of the things I'm excited about with you is there's no pomp and circumstance it's not i've been there done that and and we're we're pros um i think the the fun part of this engagement is going to be hey look people come on in let's jump in have some fun and uh find out what we don't know and how to live life in a good way and leave a legacy i mean end of the day like the bikes are only part of our story who we are is much bigger than that it's just sort of what brought us together right and so i'm excited to see what we do uh, going forward, I'm excited to be able to hear your story more and 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 share that with your audience. And I think that at the end of the day, we're going to be uh, raring to go with some good uh, good driving uh, listens along the way. Yeah, this is this is episode one of many more to come with with the OTH crew, and um, you know I'm I'm excited to to be more engaged with that, that community. That community has been good to me on the on the race days. And the Pinnacle Nutrition Group is honored to be a part of it at any fashion. So, Matt, I think uh, you know this is a this is a good foundation to what's going to be a good good summer with uh, um, the Pinnacle Nutrition Group over the hump and the story of all of our two wheel lives uh, as we get back to racing. I can't wait, Mike. Thanks for having me, man. It's been fun to be together, and uh, let's do it again next week. Yeah, and, and like I said, if you. Please tune into uh, go to OTH's Facebook. They have a lot of good stuff going on. If you want to know more about me, go to mytwolife.com. And for all you listeners, we want to give you uh, 20% off the Pinnacle Nutrition Group uh, products. Go to pngliving.com or the Pinnacle Nutrition Group.com, and we'll give you 20% off all products using Bike 20. So, Matt, once again, uh, we'll sign off from here until the next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Mike. Have a great day. You too.